Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So again, if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, you know I've mentioned this quote probably close to 30 times to the point when I may be wearing it out, but it's a great quote. Movie Moneyball, the Brad Pitt character asks a scout about a hitter. He says, well, if he's a good hitter, then why doesn't he hit good? Okay, well, I'll ask the question about these Maricopa County, Arizona voting machines. If they work so well, then why don't they work so well? Because Maricopa County seems to be having some issues with their machines. Got that? Got the Tucker Carlson story about the NSA, which is just exploding. The NSA can't seem to issue a categorical denial. Were you spying on Tucker or not? No, we weren't, haven't, and will not. They can't seem to say that. I got that. And uh, also, a really, I, I promise you, a, a really eye-opening story about what may have happened with Jim Comey in 2016. Stay tuned. That's going to that's gonna require some setup. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. For peace of mind online, get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that. And at the end of the show, Gee, no matter what, I want to play this video. Don't let me forget. Of this Ohio Democrat having a childlike, I'm not kidding, childlike meltdown in their chamber because a bill was going to pass that was going to protect women and women's sports. I mean, a child. <laughs> Joe, you saw it, right? Yeah. Oh, Nikita <laughs> I mean, Khrushchev. Right? Am I exaggerating? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a five-year-old's meltdown. It's hilarious. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Hey, a few decades ago, private citizens used to be that. Private. But what changed? The internet, social media, screw tube. Everything you browse, search for, everything's out there. Everything you watched or tweeted, it's all out there. Now imagine all of your web searches and all that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record of you. Come on, nobody wants that. I don't care how pristine your life has been. Having your private life exposed is something only celebrities used to worry about, not anymore. Everyone's online now. Everyone's a public figure. That's why I keep my data private when I go online. How? I use ExpressVPN. You know, there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data. The worst part, they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters, they use that IP address. They connect it to you and your location. Not with ExpressVPN. My connection gets rerouted to an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other customers. They can't pinpoint me there. Makes it really difficult for third parties to identify me and to harvest my data. Super easy to use as well, no matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, smart TV, all you have to do is hit a button, that's it, and you're protected. So if you believe your data is your business, secure yourself today with the number one rated VPN in the market. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go. Hey, no joke, even though ExpressVPN, and this isn't part of their read at all, I, I'm not messing with you. You can put in a search engine yourself. I was reading an article the other day about China, how China, you know, is always peeping in on what their people are doing online. And it mentioned how ExpressVPNs had a lot of success in helping Chinese citizens circumvent the wall. Not kidding. You can check out the, I'm sorry, I don't have the name of the article here, but it's in there. Hey, a big thanks before I get into this Tucker Carlson thing. The launch of my payment processing platform to compete with Stripe that canceled Donald Trump. AlignPay.com, enormous success. Blew past our expectations. Thankfully, we had a big customer service team on hand yesterday. If you're using Stripe, 
and you don't want to be canceled, you're taking a chance, come with us. We're a cancel-resistant, uh, we fight cancel culture. AlignPay.com, A-L-I-G-N-P-A-Y.com, AlignPay.com. Thank you all yesterday for being here for the big announcement. It was a monster day yesterday. All right, listen, um, this Tucker Carlson story is a big deal. Again, I don't have any inside info from Tucker. We don't, you know, we work at Fox, but we don't work together. We were in different locations. But I'm increasingly growing concerned, folks, that we are turning into a massive surveillance state, no different than the Chinese Communist Party. You can take that for whatever it is. Hyperbole, I don't care. I'm not trying to impress people or cater to the Washington Post op-ed column. If the Tucker Carlson story, which he alleges that he's being spied on by the NSA, is true, then, folks, we are descending into Chinese Communist Party surveillance state madness at a rate even I didn't expect. And believe me, I'm a pessimist when it comes to the government. And the saddest part is the media loves it. The media is doing nothing about this. The media has an attitude now that we love government spying as long as they're spying on Republicans and conservatives. So I covered the story yesterday. Tucker had a follow-up last night on his show where they called the NSA, Paul Nakasone, the head of the NSA, and they started asking questions. Are you spying on me, Tucker Carlson? Because you, according to Tucker, they have emails of his that nobody else has, and someone read him the emails. Here was Tucker last night on this, and I want you to pay very close attention to the end, and I want you to ask yourself this question. One, is he being spied on? The evidence seems pretty strong at this point. And second, if he's not being spied on, then why can't the NSA issue a categorical denial? Check this out. Just minutes before air tonight, the NSA sent us an infuriatingly dishonest formal statement, an entire paragraph of lies written purely for the benefit of the intel community's lackeys at CNN and MSNBC, all those people they hire with the titles on the screen. They also tweeted it out a few minutes ago. Now, last night on the show, we made a very straightforward claim. NSA has read my private emails without my permission, period. That's what we said. Tonight's statement from the NSA does not deny that. Instead, it comes with this non sequitur. In part, quote, Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency. Okay, glad to know. But the question remains, did the Biden administration read my personal emails? That's the question that we asked directly to NSA officials when we spoke to them about 20 minutes ago in a very heated conversation. Did you read my emails? And again, they refused to say again and again. And then they refused even to explain why they couldn't answer that simple question. We can't tell you and we won't tell you why we can't tell you. My emails. And the message was clear. We can do whatever we want. We can read your personal texts. We can read your personal emails. We can send veiled threats your way to brush you back if we don't like your politics. We can do anything. We're our own country. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. We're in charge. You're not. Folks, having worked inside the government as a GS-1811 federal agent myself, I can tell you my biggest fear is big government. No, I'm not kidding. Big, expansive, uncontrollable, non-civil liberties respecting government is my biggest fear, hands down. There's not even a silver medalist. If Tucker Carlson isn't being spied on by the NSA, then how is someone at the NSA reading his emails or a whistleblower reading his emails? How? I'm going to explain to you why and what I think is going on here. It's something I've addressed. Joe may remember this because we've been on it for a long time. It's something I've addressed now for probably close to five years because I know exactly what they're doing if this is happening and how they're doing it. 
In fairness to the NSA, let's put up their statement on the screen, if you wouldn't mind. If you're watching on Rumble, you can read along at home, rumble.com slash Bongino. I'll read it for you. The NSA issued this statement. On June 28th, Tucker Carlson alleged that the NSA had been monitoring electronic communications and planning to leak them in an attempt to take the show off the air. They say this allegation is untrue. Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to try and take his program off the air. NSA, pay attention to this part. NSA has a foreign intelligence mission. We target foreign powers to generate insights on foreign activities that could harm the United States. With limited exceptions, e.g. an emergency, NASA, excuse me, NSA may not target a U.S. citizen without a court order that explicitly authorizes the targeting. You may be reading this if you're a liberal, probably, or a media person who's fundamentally uncurious, and you may say to yourself, well, Dan, that sounds like a denial to me. Notice this line, though. Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency. And then it says NSA has a foreign intelligence mission. Well, Harmie Dillon, who is a very talented lawyer and a friend, Harmie Dillon was on with Tucker Carlson afterwards. She is a brilliant lawyer. And Harmie Dillon explained a couple of things that, again, I've been talking about in this show for a long time. When I ran for office, ladies and gentlemen, you can look it up. It's virtue signaling or, hey, look at me stuff. I hate that crap. When I ran for office as a Republican, I ran against the Patriot Act, despite the fact that George W. Bush, a Republican, was the one who signed the Patriot Act. I felt strongly at the time, and I feel today, that it has expanded government surveillance powers in a dangerous way through uh, things like business records provisions that could be used to spy on anyone for pretty much any reason. I never liked the Patriot Act. Patriot Act gave the government powers it doesn't need. You want to spy on someone? Get a warrant. It's called the Fourth Amendment. It's not hard. Well, Harmie Dillon talks about a couple things here. She mentions the two-hop rule, or the hop rule, where when you're spying on someone in the NSA, not only do you get their stuff overseas, but you can get people that they talk to and then people those people talk to. What's been called the two-hop rule, the hop rule. So if I'm talking to Guy and I'm a target, they can target Guy and then whoever Guy talks to as well. Listen to Harmie talk about that. And second, again, something we've mentioned for years now. I want you to t- listen to when she talks about this reverse targeting. How, yeah, the NSA said in its statement, oh, we have a foreign intelligence mission. I'll tie this up for you in a minute. You're going to want to miss this. Well, what if you wanted to target Tucker and Tucker talked to someone in a foreign government And then you claim with air quotes, well, we're targeting foreign intelligence, the person Tucker talked to. But then you rope Tucker into it, too. That's called reverse targeting. Listen to Harmeet Dillon eloquently explain this on Tucker's show last night. Check this out. If you are able to find out more information about this, I think what you're going to find is that uh, you are being described as incidental. So the gathering of your information is going to be because they're really focusing on somebody else. But I want to really break that down. When you look at the Carter Page violations, for example, the lies to the FISA court, does anybody think that the uh, national security apparatus was trying to find out Carter Page's activities and communications? No. The trick is, if they can get a surveillance order on an individual, what they're able to do is scoop up all of the communications of all of the people who reach out to that person, text them, even, even you know, without any predicate. And so that's really what it, where it's at. Did you hear it? She just described what I've been warning you about for years. 
when you give these entities the ability to scoop up domestic data, they will use it. They will use it. This reverse targeting is a very big deal. Yes, the NSA has a foreign intelligence mission and an important one. But when in that in, in the realm of that foreign intelligence mission, they are scooping up data. When you give people that kind of data, access to it will be abused. If this example isn't strong enough, Guy and Joe, you got to stop me because it's important. The NSA, let's say you wanted to target Tucker Carlson. I'm not saying that happened here. I'm just giving you an example because it has happened in the Spygate case, and we know that. If you want to target Tucker, forget everything else. You, you just, you're, that's your goal. And then Tucker takes a trip overseas and talks to a foreign leader. Somebody sits around a table and goes, hey, I got, a, you know, I got an idea. We can scoop up this foreign leader's emails, and they'll probably have emailed Tucker. And then we can read Tucker's stuff, too. Genius! And then we'll tell him we were targeting the foreigner. Well, did that happen? Well, I've got an idea. Keith, throw up that tweet by Tucker, if you wouldn't mind. Does this have something to do with it, folks? And how the NSA and others may allegedly have gotten a hold of Tucker Carlson's emails? Here's a March 16th tweet from Tucker Carlson. We are live from El Salvador. We just finished sitting down with President Bukele for our new Tucker Carlson's original series coming to Fox Nation. There were many newsworthy moments we'll share tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox News. Folks, take the time and date down. You heard it here first. Is that what happened? Was the NSA and other entities looking into Tucker Carlson and figured his conversation with a foreign leader in El Salvador off U.S. soil might be a perfect opportunity to get their mitts on Tucker's emails and communications? Somebody has them. Somebody read the emails and texts to Tucker Carlson. And obviously, Tucker didn't send them to the NSA, and the recipient didn't either, according to Tucker's story. So how did they get them? Hmm, sounds familiar, dude. Yeah, you know. Doesn't it, Joe? Sounds like yeah. the Spygate case you and I only talked about for three years with Carter yeah. Page, Mike Flynn, and others. My man. Oh, yeah, they were talking to Mike Flynn, was talking to the Russian, uh, uh, the Russian ambassador. But don't worry, we weren't listening to Flynn. We were listening to the Russian ambassador, and it was just an accident. It was incidental that we scooped up Mike Flynn. Uh, Joe, total accident. Total yeah, accident. I, okay. How did we get Flynn? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We were just listening to the Russian ambassador and Flynn hopped on the phone. Right. Right, right. It is. The, the intelligence. He was not an intelligence target. Put, can you put that up again? Put up the NSA statement again. He was very carefully worded. Notice it doesn't say... We have not read Tucker Carlson's emails. It doesn't say that. He's got it up on the screen again. It says Tucker has never been an intelligence target of the agency. Well, according to the agency and the FBI, either was Mike Flynn. Remember their statement? We weren't targeting Flynn. It was an accident. We were targeting the Russian ambassador. <laughs> oh, the language, the language. Joe, how many times have we heard this story? We've heard this story before. Now you wonder why me as a former 1811 fed myself, I'm terrified of this stuff. I've seen the power of the government up front, uh, close and personal. Folks, you have the power to take someone's life and freedom away. Even the president doesn't have that power. This is a big deal. Are we abusing this stuff? Again, I don't know if Tucker's story is true. 
However, I do know if it was Brian Stelter making those allegations and the president was Trump, that this would be a front page story all over the globe. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But because it's a conservative, nobody cares. Keep in mind, like I said, I have no relationship with Tucker. I've had like two conversations with him. This is not like, oh, you're just backing up your boy. He's not my boy. We don't even, we barely know each other. If this story was about Tucker Carlson or Chuck Todd, I'd be covering it with the same intensity. Like I said, I, I don't speak with forked tongue. I ran for office against the Patriot Act. You can go listen to the tapes from 10 years ago. This isn't new to me. Not one of these fake virtue signaling, you know, new pseudo-libertarians who all of a sudden, when it was Trump, they, they didn't like the Patriot Act, but they loved it before. I've been there on the ground in this fight for a long time. Did the NSA use one of Tucker's trips overseas to grab his emails? It's a serious question. We can't continue like this, folks. I'm going to say something here you may not like, but it's not up to me to say things people like. It's up to me to say things I think are true. It's time for dramatic solutions. I wrote a book about it. I'll suggest it again in this show. It is time for a dramatic reorganization of the entire federal law enforcement infrastructure. Uh, I mean, really, we have to break it down. I mean a dramatic reorganization. We need, right now, in effect, a federal internal affair. Not the inspector general. They are toothless. They do nothing. Nothing. That Horowitz thing was a waste of time. I got an article about that later. It was a total waste of time. It got us nowhere. It is time for us to break these organizations down and to empower a full internal affairs type federal entity that has nothing to do with them. They're not inspectors general that have come from the Justice Department. They're not former FBI agents who still have friends over there. An internal affairs outlet where that is full power to investigate these other two entities because they're not afraid of anything. They're not. Nothing happens to them ever. Politicians are afraid of them. They're afraid of being spied on themselves. They investigate politicians. They investigated a sitting president. It is time for an... Nope, listen. The NYPD internal affairs wasn't even that great of a design because they were former cops who went over there. But I'm telling you, people were afraid of them. But what we were talking about is this reverse targeting thing and how I'm deeply concerned that we need this reorganization of our federal government because the FBI, DOJ, and these intelligence people in the NSA or elsewhere, if this story is true, clearly are not afraid of anyone. They're not. Look at this article from April of 2021 at the Daily Mail. Be in the show notes. FBI combed through the NSA's trove of Americans' communications without a warrant in its search for racially motivated violent extremists when it was already warned the practice was unconstitutional. Guys, ladies, this isn't hard. Do you understand the danger now of politicians designating people extremists and now giving the FBI access to this NSA trove of data? You understand how dangerous this is? Look at this from the piece. The FBI focused many of its warrantless searches, commonly referred to as backdoor queries, on suspected far-right domestic terrorists, the Daily Beast reported. So now anyone we designate a far-right domestic terrorist whether they've been through a trial or not, all of a sudden can have a warrantless search done on their texts, their emails. 
Folks, what's the difference between us and China? I'm asking a serious question. What's the darn difference? Justice is dying, folks, right in front of our eyes, and we're watching it happen. All right, let me get to my, um, my second sponsor here today. Thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. And uh, I want to, I got to talk more about this because there's another, did you hear this Julian Assange story? Another one of these rogue Justice Department officials and the FBI just doing whatever they want. It's, it's unforgivable. This is not a constitutional republic anymore. Hey, folks, you know I love Vincero watches, right? They're back. You know how important it is to look and feel your best, and they're here to keep you feeling good and looking good wherever you go. They create top-notch watches. I get a lot of compliments on them and sunglasses. They're stylish, they're classy, and they just downright look good. They believe you deserve to look good no matter your budget. Vincero is the perfect solution to your everyday style needs. You've seen me wearing my Altitude S. This is my Chrono S with the blue face, another one of my favorites. I like to wear this one with the suit. It's a really sharp-looking one right there. In the office, on a date, anywhere in between, Vincero makes it so you don't have to choose between function, looks, and price. They're the best of all three worlds. Head on over to VinceroCollective.com slash Bongino and check out my favorite picks and take advantage of my special discount code while you shop. I love the watches. Like I said, the altitude I like with jeans. This one I like with the suit, sport coat. This is the Chrono S blue face, brown band, super sharp. Check that out. You're not going to get a better watch for the price. Every purchase comes with a five-year warranty, comes automatically in a 365-day return policy, and it's a stress-free shopping with fair and honest prices. That's why Vincero has over 30,000 five-star reviews. They think you deserve the best, so their team in San Diego is always available to help you out if you need anything. Men's Journal recently called Vincero's watches beautiful. Bold, classic designs, and the real deal. Look at that. The deal really is too good to pass up. Go to VinceroCollective.com slash Bongino and use my discount code Bongino. It'll be automatically applied at checkout. Seriously, guys, head on over to the website right now and get yourself a timepiece or even better. Sunglasses, they got great ones too. Go support my show by buying one of these awesome watches and don't forget to check out their sunglasses as well. That's VinceroCollective.com, V-I-N-C-E-R-O. Really cool stuff. Check them out. Thanks, Vincero. All right. So again, read that Daily Mail piece. It's from April, but it should disturb you about how not only justice is dying, but process is dying too. What the heck is the point of a Fourth Amendment preventing the government from seizing your texts and emails, your records without a warrant if you don't need a warrant? It's a sincere question. What's the point? Oh, we have a constitution preventing it, except it doesn't prevent it. Well, why have a constitution? More evidence, justice is dead. I'll have to motor through these quickly because these they were important stories, but I don't want to piss you off too much. It's only Wednesday. Remember the FBI lawyer who doctored an email? Doctored an email in the Spygate case when they he asked the CIA if Carter Page was a source, and the answer was yes, Carter Page was a source. And the FBI lawyer, in order to make it appear that Carter Page, who had been a Trump team foreign policy advisor, was working with Russians even though he was working with Russians at the instructions of the CIA, the FBI lawyer wanted to make it seem nefarious. So what did he do? Well, the FBI lawyer doctored the email to say Carter Page was not a source for the CIA, making it appear his dealings with the Russians were really nefarious. That sounds like a big deal, no? He's been convicted on altering these documents. You would think this would be a huge story. FBI lawyer doctors a document to frame an innocent man. You would think the penalty would be severe. Five years in prison, barred from practicing law ever again. No, no, you won't see any of that. Reuters story, Mike Scarcella, ex-FBI lawyer agrees to just a one-year ban 
a one-year bar uh, from uh, his legal practice after conviction. Not only is this guy going to do probably zero jail time at all, but he's not only going to get his legal license back, they're already going to count some of this stuff as retroactive, meaning in August, this August coming up, that this guy could be practicing law again. Tell me again how we live in a constitutional republic. Justice is blind. Yes, yeah, blind to Democrats. This guy hated Trump. I mean, the emails were obvious. Here's another story. Did you read this one? Stunned in. It was in my show notes earlier in the week, my newsletter. Key witness in the Julian Assange case admits to lies in the indictment. A major witness in the U.S. DOJ case against Assange has admitted to fabricating key accusations in the indictment against the WikiLeaks founder. Folks, whether you love Julian Assange or you hate Julian Assange, fabricating evidence to frame Julian Assange for things he didn't do. Again, I don't only believe in justice for my political allies. I believe in it for everyone or it's not justice at all. You got to read this story. This key witness apparently was saying, oh, he was misrepresenting himself to outsiders and to the FBI as some kind of key WikiLeaks insider. And most of it was totally untrue. He was just making it up. But the DOJ was so eager to get Assange they sucked it all up like a thirsty dog at the ball. Got bitten alive by a mosquito yesterday in my own house. It was horrible. We left the door open. I have like 30, 40 mosquito bites. I'm not even kidding. You know what works for mosquito bites, by the way? Do you all ever try this? Really super hot water. I mean, well, you can't burn yourself, but hot as much as you can tolerate, it promotes like a massive histamine release, and you don't feel the need to itch. Works like a charm. Just don't burn yourself doing it. You got to put it. It works for me. I have them on my arms everywhere, all over the place. Mosquito got in my house. Those things are nasty, man. These Florida mosquitoes are like, they're like swimming. They're like flying sharks in the air. They drain like a gallon of blood for me every time. All right. This story really got under my skin this morning because it, again, harps back to this Tucker Carlson. NSA spying. The Constitution is dead. Fourth Amendment justice is dying narrative. You can clearly see it in the, during the show today. Folks, do you remember the Jim Comey press conference, July 5th, right before the election? Remember when he went out and said, oh, Hillary Clinton did all these things, but no one would prosecute Hillary Clinton, so we're going to let it pass. Do you all remember that? He was the FBI director at the time. Yeah. Well, Holman Jenkins from the, remember that story, Joe? Holman Jenkins from the Wall Street Journal has been doing yeoman's work on this case. We've been covering it for a long time. And folks, this is... If we had a most shocking piece of the week so far, this is it. There's apparently a state secret about why that July 5th Jim Comey briefing about Hillary Clinton happened. A state secret that everyone wants hidden, including Jim Comey. What is it? Let's go to this Wall Street Journal piece. It's titled The New Chance at 2016 Mysteries. Inspector Horowitz, who we addressed before, revisits the still secret Russian intercept behind it all. Let me give you some quick background behind this story fast. And I want to relitigate the whole case. On July 5th of 2016, Jim Comey goes out right before the election, just a few months before the Trump-Hillary Clinton election. He gives a press conference laying out everything Hillary Clinton did in her email scandal. Remember the email scandal? She had a private email, not a government email. Remember that? He lays out the case for roughly 15 minutes. And then at the end, bizarrely says, despite Hillary Clinton doing all this stuff, no serious prosecutor would prosecute this case. And therefore, we're going to move on. 
the attorney general at the time, Loretta Lynch, says, well, I agree, even though it's not Comey's decision to make, says, well, I agree with Jim Comey. We're going to move on. Well, what if I told you that maybe one of the reasons that press conference on July 5th was given was because there was a memo circulating alleged to be Russian intelligence, a Russian intercept of an email indicating that Loretta Lynch had been compromised. Follow me. All right, let me read this from the Wall Street Journal. This will make sense. This is the craziest story. I've been covering it for three years. It's a little complicated, but it is Looney Tunes. Quote from the journal. It revealed that Mr. Comey's unorthodox actions in the Hillary Clinton email case, they're talking about the briefing, were driven by an intercept that showed the Kremlin to be in possession of a Democratic email or memo that referred to a conversation in which Obama Attorney General Loretta Lynch allegedly promised she wouldn't let the Hillary investigation go too far. The memo. I've heard about this now for four years. Folks, there's a memo out there. This is the state secret they don't want anyone to know about. Comey has implied already it's out there that it's devastating. Other people have referred to it, but nobody's seen it. It is a memo or an email from people in the Democratic Party in that email alleging that they had spoken or had conferred with Obama Attorney General Loretta Lynch about the Hillary email scandal and that Loretta Lynch was going to basically shut it down no matter what. Supposedly, the Russians intercepted that email. Is everybody following on the show here? The Russians had that email. It somehow makes its way back to Comey. Now, there's only two possible scenarios. The email's real, and Loretta Lynch is involved in one of the biggest scandals of our time, making the Hillary Clinton email investigation go away right before the election. Or the email's fake, and it's Russian disinformation used to throw the election. What does that have to do with the July 5th briefing? Because it's alleged that Comey only gave that July 5th briefing to clear the air so the Russians wouldn't have blackmail material on Hillary Clinton later on. In other words, Jim Comey, Jim Comey goes out on July 5th and puts out all the stuff in front of the public to see because he felt like Hillary Clinton was going to win no matter what. And he felt like it would be dangerous because the Russians would have blackmail material because they had this memo afterwards. So I'm just going to put all the stuff out there now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, the problem is that July 5th briefing about Hillary Clinton is widely believed to have contributed to Hillary Clinton's loss. And Jim Comey never forgot that. So was the investigation into Trump later just an excuse? One big excuse to justify Jim Comey's Hillary Clinton briefing to try to distract the media? Well, Holman Jenkins addresses that. Folks, if this memo is out there and it's real, it is the most explosive piece of information. It is the Rosetta Stone. Here, from the journal piece. Were these strained pretexts for surveilling, pretext for surveilling Carter Page really about trying to learn if the Trump campaign was in possession of the incriminating Democratic email or memo? After the election surprise, did the, agenda, did the agenda quickly morph into distracting the media from that fact with its antic response to explosive Russian-sourced information about the Democrats? The U.S. intelligence establishment may have made Mr. Trump president. He posits two things here. 
was the whole investigation into the Trump-Russia collusion thing. And Carter, it was all that crap made up because Jim Comey was worried that the Trump team had the memo too. Whoa, boy. You hear that? That's kind of amazing, isn't it? Did Jim Comey think that the Trump team had this email or memo between Democratic operatives saying how Loretta Lynch was going to squash Hillary Clinton's email investigation to help her win? Were they investigating Trump just to find out if he had the memo? And was the whole thing afterwards, after Trump won, the continued collusion hoax, just a distraction to keep the media from asking the question about why Jim Comey did that July 5th brief? I want to see that memo. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, is hiding it. Is it real or is it Russian disinformation? Because if it's real, we have one of the biggest scandals of our time. The acting attorney general squashing an investigation to Hillary to help her win. And if it's not real, Russian disinformation impacted the FBI director. He was influenced by Russian disinformation to give a press conference that may have cost Hillary Clinton the presidency. Now you see what they want, why they want that thing hidden? That story makes sense? No, yeah. it doesn't. He, I can tell you. No, so you got it? All right. Yeah, man. He doesn't got it. He's pretending to have it. All right, I got to move on. <laughs> Let me get to my third sponsor, Bravo Company Manufacturing. And I want to get to I thought we're not allowed to question elections. Seems like that's happening in New York City right now. I thought we weren't allowed to do that. I guess if you're a Democrat, you're allowed. Folks, BCM, best company out there for uh, life-saving equipment. What kind of life-saving equipment? The best rifles on the market. You want a professional? A professional product made in the USA to combat standards? Go to BCM. You want a sporting rifle? You got to go somewhere else. Sporting rifles are great. They're good, good stuff. That's not what BCM builds. They build life-saving equipment because they feel like their rifles, God forbid, will be able to be used one day by a citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. And if it does, quality is all that matter because that thing better darn well function, and BCM knows that, and it better function right. They build their products because they feel it's a moral responsibility of theirs as Americans to provide tools that will not fail when it's not just a paper target, but God forbid someone coming to do you harm. They make reliable, life-saving tools. Again, these aren't sporting rifles. These are the best in the business. The best in the business. I have two of them. I love these rifles. They are my go-tos every single time. Everyone in the firearms business I know swears by them. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over today to bravocompanymfg.com. Discover more about their products, special offers. They have more, and they have news there too. That's Bravo company mfg.com you can also check out more about their products at youtube on youtube at youtube.com slash bravo company usa check them out bravo company mfg.com don't wait great 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 rifles some of the best in the business okay i love that story forgive me if it's too confusing but i think it's one of the most important stories of our time that the russians impact the election in a way nobody saw coming by influencing jim comey or is it real? And is an email floating out there that everyone in the deep state is desperate to hide, indicating how corrupt Loretta Lynch really was? Only two possible solutions. I thought we weren't allowed to question elections. I thought that's what they said. Of course, when they say we're not allowed, I just question them more. And we'll talk about Maricopa County in a second as well. Here's a story from the AP. Error Mars, the vote count in New York City mayoral primary. I thought we're not allowed to say that. What did these idiots do in the Democratic mayoral primary up in New York City? Folks, 
they loaded 135,000 test ballot images into the machines and forgot to delete them. I thought we were told elections are, you can never question elections. This stuff never happens, fellas. Never. Stop questioning elections. It never happens except when it happens. You notice when it happens to a Democrat, because it's a Democrat primary, all of a sudden the media wants answers. But when there are allegations that similar type malfeasance or any malfeasance or misfeasance at all happen and it impact, impacted Donald Trump, nobody gives a damn at all. Like, uh, who cares? So Eric Adams, who's alleged to have won the election, now it seems up in the air, Eric Adams is understandably pissed. I don't blame him. He put out a statement. Now he's questioning the election. I thought we're not allowed to question elections. He said, hey, the vote total released by the Board of Elections is 100,000 plus more than the total announced on election night. This raises serious questions. They've asked the Board of Elections to explain this massive increase in irregularities. I, I Again, guys, I thought we're not allowed to do this. I thought we're not allowed. We're all just supposed to take it on fact that election officials never, ever make mistakes. But when it happens in the Democrat mayoral primary in New York City, it's A-OK. They loaded 100,000-plus test images, folks. Test. They didn't delete them. I thought these people were infallible. They were omnipotent and omniscient at the same time. They were never to be questioned ever under any circumstances. I thought I, 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 I thought I heard that. Did you hear that? I heard that. Speaking of questioning elections, saw this article pop up at PJ Media yesterday, and I thought, again, I thought we're not allowed to question anything that happened in Arizona either. They're a conspiracy theorist. So if Maricopa County will go back to Moneyball, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? If the voting machines are so great in Maricopa County, then why are they changing them? PJ Media's piece will be in my show, uh, my show notes today, my newsletter. Did Maricopa County officials just accidentally admit the voting machines can be compromised? Wait, well, I thought we were told these voting machines were infallible. And election officials, too, that they don't make mistakes. I thought we were told you're not allowed to question that stuff. So what's going on in Maricopa County, Arizona? Well, they announced they'll replace the voting machines that were subpoenaed during the forensic audit of the 2020 election, alleging concerns about safety and integrity. Huh. Joe, can I get a huh? Hmm. Huh. Hmm. I already got a gee, huh? Huh. That's interesting. I thought I thought I thought I thought they were integrity at this. And security fold. I like making up new words. I thought there was no questioning <laughs> integrity or security. The integrity of the ballot was never to be questioned ever, neither the security. So if the voting machines were so great, then why weren't they so great? It goes on. The voters of Maricopa County can be rest assured. The county will never use equipment that could pose a risk to free and fair elections. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. The county recognizes Secretary Hobbs' authority under Arizona law to certify equipment for use in Arizona's elections. As a result, the county will not use the subpoenaed equipment in any future elections, the county said in a statement on Monday. Why? What was wrong? What was wrong? Are we allowed to know that? If it, again, if it was a if if Trump 
and come on, if the vote count in Arizona would be for Trump right now, I assure you none of these questions would be answered at all. I mean, excuse me, they'd be asked every day about the equipment. But now when we ask them, all of a sudden it's a bizarre conspiracy theory and we're all crazy. This is nutso time. This is really crazy. All right, I want to play one quick video, get to my last sponsor, and then I've got Jim Jordan just lacing into Fauci. This is just crazy stuff. Jim Jordan's onto something. He did a great job. Here's Kevin McCarthy yesterday on the House floor in just a moment of kind of, I mean, this is just humorous. I'm not a huge Kevin McCarthy fan, to be honest with you. It's not personal. It's just, you know, the politics are a little different between me and him. But he brings up a good point. The Democrats want to remove a bunch of Confederate statues. So McCarthy asked an interesting question about these Confederate statues up there in the Capitol. Check this out. It is a fighting time of our nation. The greatest challenge ever to our Constitution was the Civil War. Long and by far. The bill we're voting on today, we voted before. And I supported it. I support it now. But let me state a simple fact. All the statues being removed by this bill are statues of Democrats. Madam Speaker, as I heard the Speaker talk earlier about removing of the four portraits of speakers in the hall, the same answer goes for that as well. They were all Democrats. I think we should reframe this argument, folks. You're going to remove statues. We should say we're removing statues of Democrats because that's what they all were, right? I mean, why? That, that's kind of a relevant fact, right? If they were all Republicans, it'd be on the front page of the New York Times tomorrow. But the Statues they want removed, they're all Democrats. So why doesn't the Democrat Party change its name, too? Why would you want to be associated with this, uh, historic, uh, this, this historic mistake? As, as, you all, as you all keep pumping up everyone's collective caboose across America, why would you want to be associated with that? Why aren't you changing the name of your party? The answer is because you don't care about this. You just want to drive a wedge to America and remind everyone about our downsides, but never our upside. All right, I want to get to this Fauci thing. Let me get to my last sponsor first. It's important. These videos are damning. Listen, chain stores for car parts, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Did you know that? Not rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, their prices are the same for everyone. They're reliably low. They offer the lowest prices. They don't change their prices based on what the market will bear. You know, like airlines do for, you know, they change their price. They don't do that. Rockauto.com is for everyone. It doesn't require a membership or an account login. Rockauto.com is a family business. I met them. They serve auto parts customers. They've been doing it for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. It's that simple. The rockauto.com catalog is Joe's favorite. It's unique. Joe, pretty easy to navigate, right? Oh, yeah. Really easy, yeah. Neither you or I are like Stephen Hawking-level physicists, and we could figure it out really fast. Joe's a little smarter than me. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same. Don't waste money. They're the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Do us one favor. They have a how did you hear about us box. Just write my last name, Bongio. Let them know we sent you. An amazing selection. Reliably low prices. I've used them. Joe's used them. They're great. They have all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com. Don't wait. Go today. Thanks, RockAuto.
So, folks, there's a burgeoning Anthony Fauci crisis out there, and it's a serious one. I mean, I know you all are aware of Anthony Fauci's uh, magic tricks and how he manages to continue to hide from the public what he knew and didn't know. He keeps changing his story. But I'm going to ask a bold question here. And if it gets us in trouble, that's okay, because we are doing actual investigative reporting here, unlike some people in the media. Did Anthony Fauci hide key information from the White House? Because I've got on good authority that Anthony Fauci didn't share a lot of this information with the White House early on, especially what happened on February 1st. What happened on February 1st? Right as the coronavirus was, was, hitting, uh, was hitting our U.S. shores here and was starting to explode. What did Fauci know on February 1st about where this came from? Jim Jordan did a great job yesterday in a Capitol Hill hearing showing some Fauci emails, which I think clearly make the case that Fauci knew five things. It's not that long because it's only about a minute. But Fauci knew five things on February 1st that I'm getting from inside sources the White House didn't know. Check this out. So 13 hours after Dr. Fauci gets the initial email from Christian Anderson saying, looks like this virus is engineered, not consistent with evolutionary theory. Dr. Fauci knows some important facts. First, Dr. Fauci knows there's a lethal virus on the loose that started in Wuhan, China. Second, he knows the American taxpayers have funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China. Third, he knows that the research grant didn't go through the required oversight board. Fourth, he knows the virus, quote, looks engineered and, quote, not consistent with evolutionary theory. And finally, fifth, Dr. Fauci knows he may have ties to this work in China. His fingerprints, in fact, may be on this. Those emails are pretty clear. Those are very serious allegations there. That on February 1st, Dr. Fauci knows that it may be a human-created gain-of-function virus, that he may have had a role in the funding there, whether it was through his imprimatur or whatever, and that it may have come from this lab. He knows all of this on February 1st. So what happens on February 2nd? Well, there's a conference call with Dr. Fauci, and very few people in the White House know anything about this or are involved in this conference call at all. But there's a conference call on February 2nd, a day later, where it seems like it's a cleanup on aisle four operation. And they discuss in this conference call an article that's about to be written. Listen to Jim Jordan on what happened the next day after Fauci learned all those five things on February 1st. This is about February 2nd. Check this out. When the article is published, Dr. Fauci cites it at a White House press conference when he is asked by a reporter about the origin of the virus. Cites the very article he put in motion on the conference call and he was allowed to edit. At the White House, where he's supposed to be giving the American people the truth, he references an article that he manufactured. Now, maybe I'm wrong about all this. Maybe it didn't work out this way. I think I'm right. Maybe it didn't work out this way. But it would have been nice, Mr. Chairman, if Dr. Fauci would come today and answer our questions. He could have come here and defend himself, but he didn't have the courage to do it. And you know who else who wouldn't come? Remember that email about the P3 framework? We invited Dr. Hassel to come too. He's the individual who chairs that oversight board. We invited him to come today too, and he wouldn't come. They, they, I, I'm convinced these guys knew right from the get-go what the truth was, and they misled the American people. Oh, here's the other thing. You know that conference call? That conference call, we got the emails regarding the conference call from February 2nd. 
All these guys, all these guys were emailing back and forth. They were on that conference call. Here's what we got on the FOIA request. Here's all their emails. Every single thing is redacted. Every single thing is redacted about what took place in that conference call because I'm convinced it was at that conference call where they said, we got to cover our tracks. So the next day they have a conference call after Fauci finds out that we may have paid for the construction of a deadly bioweapon from China. He figures this out in his February 1st email chain, Jim Jordan just uncovered. Well, we've seen some of it before. February 2nd, they jump on a conference call. Was this a cleanup job? And they all start talking about writing this article. The article waved people off the lab leak theory because God forbid we figured out taxpayer dollars were used to pay for this lab leak to this thing that came from a lab. God forbid. Instead of telling the public the truth. Why didn't anybody in the White House, according to my sources, know about this? This February 2nd conference call. Why didn't they know? Well, notice the article that they talk about February 2nd, where they're going to write this article. It's going to wave people off the lab leak theory. You notice how just a few months later, when Fauci's finally put on the spot and asked by someone in the media about the lab leak hypothesis, it appears he knew about from February 1st. Here's a few months later, April 17th. Here's Fauci. We played this cut before on April 17th, citing the very same article Jim Jordan's referencing on that February 2nd conference call cut. Check this out. There was a study uh, recently that we can make available to you where a, a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve. And the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. So, I mean, the, the paper will be available. I, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make that available too. Is that the same paper he was talking about on the February 2nd conference call the day after he found out that it was probably a lab leak? Is that why he's very opaque about the paper? Oh, I don't, I don't know who wrote it. A couple of people wrote it. Were it the same, was it the same people on the conference call with you just months earlier? And why is it that your emails that Jim Jordan got a hold of about that conference call on February 2nd are all redacted. Why is that? What's in those redactions? I'll ask you again. Did Dr. Fauci hide key information from decision makers at the White House and the Trump administration? Fair question, right? He is a public figure after all. All right, two more quick stories here. Um, Reverend Kane, Jimmy Whispers strikes again on a lighter note. Here is just this weirdo we have for a president right now who cannot stop this bizarre habit of whispering in the mic. It's weird. Remember Jimmy Whispers from the Bronx Tale? This is Biden Whispers. It's like the same guy. Can you please stop the whispering? It's weird. He did it again yesterday. Check this out. And people say, well, that's a giveaway. Hey, guys. I think it's time to give ordinary people a tax break. The wealthier are doing fine. I mean it. I mean it. Why is this not a tax break for working folks when the stuff we give to the super wealthy are called tax breaks? You got to watch that on the Rumble account. The video is better than the audio. You can see what happens. He's approaching the mic to do the creepy whisper thing again, the Poltergeist 2 Reverend Kane thing, and he catches himself. Someone's probably either told him, don't do that again. It's super creepy. So he doesn't whisper, but he uses like a semi-whisper tone. He can't, Watch, you'll see what I mean. He catches himself right away because it's creepy. He's Jimmy Whispers. 
He's super weird. All we need is like Chaz Palminteri in the scene. Although Chaz is not weird. He's great. At his restaurant in Manhattan is probably one of the best Italian food places around. I go there all the time. It's weird. Just stop. You agree he was going down to whisper and he caught himself? Did you see that, right? <laughs> Joe, you see it, right? He's going down. He's about to do the whisper. And he's like, oh, crap. They told me this is really creepy. So he goes, <laughs> and he like elevates his tone a little bit. The eyes. <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm going yeah. oh. to end on this important story. <laughs> it's true. He's such a weirdo because I've been getting a lot of questions about it. I've been doing a lot of coverage of why these attacks on police departments around the country. And I keep getting emails from listeners. And you're right. I just think you're going to, I, I think you're right, but I think you have the wrong, you're going about it the wrong way. People say to me, oh, the federal government, the Democrats are attacking the police because they want to federalize the police force. Yes, I agree, but it's not going to be a raw takeover. It's not. They can't. It's not going to happen that way. I don't put it, listen, I don't put anything past these people anymore, but that's not the way it's going to happen. You just said, Dan, you agree with us. So I do. They are looking to take over. But they're not looking for a raw power takeover cause too much controversy. They're looking to do what they've always done. Take it over de facto rather than de jure. These local police departments. Look at this article from April of 2021. Here's what I mean. You know what a consent decree is? This is how you take over local police departments without taking them over. New York Times article. Justice Department restores the use of consent decrees for police abuses. So here's what happened. The Trump administration had rescinded these things. This is when the feds come in and monitor a local police department for whatever reason they choose. It's usually something, a use of force incident they didn't like. And the federal government effectively runs that police department. Not technically, but believe me, de facto, they, that police department has to report almost anything of significance involving what they do to the federal government. It's called the consent decree. It's very damaging. Everywhere they have these things, crime goes through the roof because no one wants to do anything while the feds are there looking over their shoulder every time. It's just a fact. Consent decrees are back. Trump got rid of them. Here, from the New York Times piece, Attorney General Garland on Friday, this is from a couple of months ago, rescinded a Trump administration policy curbing the use of consent decrees to address police misconduct. The DOJ is preparing to step up its role in investigating allegations of racist and illegal behavior by police forces amid a nationwide outcry about the deaths of black people. Folks, they're just making this up. There is no evidence of a systemic racism problem in policing in America. None. There is no evidence. They are making this up. But your point that they want to federalize police forces is absolutely correct. And what better way to do it than to use the vehicle of racism? Well, what do consent decrees do? They let them take over a police department without taking it over. Here, from the New York Times piece. Garland's widely expected decision revives one of the department's most effective tools in forcing law enforcement agencies <laughs> to evaluate and change their practices. There you go, folks. Consent decrees are court-approved deals between the DOJ and local government agencies that create a roadmap for changes to the way these agencies operate. Yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. They want to take over local police departments. I just don't agree with the mechanism. It's not going to be some raw takeover. There's not enough federal agents to do that. There's more NYPD cops than there are FBI agents in the entire country. There's only, what, 130,000 federal agents? There's probably 30,000 NYPD officers are close to it alone. Probably another 10,000 on Long Island between Suffolk and Nassau County. There's not enough. They're not going to do that. 
Why would they need to? They could just do a consent decree and then they own it anyway. You read it. It's right there in the New York Times. And they're going to use race. That's what they always use. It's their weapon. All right, I promised I'd get to it. So this is, I mean, this, this video, if this doesn't make you laugh at how pathetic and petty, how the biggest losers on the planet always seem to get elected to public office, it's incredible. So here's this woman. She's a Republican. She's speaking out uh, very passionately about the need to protect women's sports. She's doing a good job in the Ohio State House. And I want you to listen to sound in the background. I'm going to play her first. I'm going to play this dope in the background, this Democrat, having a romper room-like, childlike temper tantrum like you've never seen before. Check this out. The chair has the amendment. The amendment appears to be in order. The representative may proceed. Wonderful. The Save Women's Sports Act is a fairness issue for women to be able to achieve their dreams and athletics in our state. And it's crucial to preserving women's rights and the integrity of women's and girls' sports. Across our country, female athletes are currently losing scholarships, opportunities, medals, education, and training opportunities. This amendment will require schools that are part of the OHSAA to designate separate teams for participants of the biological sex. No school school interscholastic conference or organization that regulates interscholastics shall permit biological males to participate on athletic team or an athletic competition designated only for biological female participants. You believe this? Now I want you to watch this clown. What's his name? Skindell? Some Skindell guy, this Democrat lawmaker in the background, having the temper tantrum in the back. This is hilarious. Look at this imbecile. Check this out. Dumbest people on planet Earth all seem to get elected to public office at the same time. Oh, my gosh. Folks, please, it'd be a real shame if that video clip went viral of this absolute zero. Really, that guy's family should be embarrassed about him right now. What a zero. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for supporting AlignPay, AlignPay.com. Really appreciate it. It was a huge success. Listen, I'm just trying to create options for people. And uh, you choose to help us out. It's great. If you choose someone else, we get that, too. But uh, fight against big tech is real. Got to get your hat in the arena there, you know? So uh, that's what I'm doing. So thanks a lot for supporting us yesterday. I really appreciate it. See you on the radio show, and then see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.